This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show from July 13th, 2010, Connie Rempe stopped by to bring you four recipes, appetizer, main dish, side dish, and a dessert. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But first, let's check out Greg's conversation with Will Homer. Will Homer is a natural beef raiser. Let me rephrase that. A drug-free beef raiser. Well, maybe that's not right. Antibiotic-free beef, grass-fed, corn-finished. Will Homer from Painted Hills Ranch. Check that out. Will Homer joining us here on the show. PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com is the website, by chance, if you want to check it out uh, while you're listening here to the show. Will, have you seen a growth in your business over the last five years or so as citizens have becoming more and more aware, educated on their beef products, and actually start to search out better sources for their beef-consuming needs? Absolutely. The growth has been been uh, just tremendous. Uh, 2009, of course, was a tough year for everybody, and even through that, we saw a nice little growth pattern. And now, it, since uh, the warm weather has broke in, in the world today, boy, growth has just been off the chart. It really has been great. Why would somebody want to go ahead and eat natural beef versus what we might buy at a grocery store or some big box outlet? It's, it's really about, you're never going to believe this, but it's really about consistency. And, I, and I, I just blow people's minds when I say, you know, McDonald's is a, sells the most hamburgers, not on the quality. Nobody said that they were knock your socks off. <laughs> they, they sell on consistency, and Painted Hills Natural Beef brings consistency to the market. So that customer that had that steak or that, that hamburger or whatever they had, they had that nice flavor, and they, they said, hey, man, that was really good. And so they go back in a month in a week, whenever it is they buy beef again, and they, ha- and they have that flavor profile again. And they go, hey, that was good again. And so they know when they put their money on the counter what's behind the package. And the big, big industry, the big programs out there, they can't control how cattle are raised and how they're fed and what's behind the package. They can control what the price, the value is and, and where they kind of get it regionally, but they can't control what's in the package. So that's, 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 our, that's our kink. That, that's it. That's where we get it. So, I mean, is, is somebody to assume that if they're going to their butcher or even the butcher in a grocery store that they aren't getting natural beef, per se, is something that you're providing? You really have to ask the questions. All beef, you know, in all reality, all beef is considered natural. And the, the USDA standard has no real rules on that. As long as you can produce it in your kitchen, it's natural. It's the attributes that chase that. It's the attributes you use in, in, in background of that. It's, begin, it's beginning to be assumed 
that all natural beef is no hormones and no antibiotics. But there's a lot of word games out there in the market today, and, and that's not necessarily true. You have to know about your beef. You need to know where it comes from, what's going on, and, and you need to ask the question, is it, does the, does the packer, does the, do they make claims? Do they make claims that it's no hormones, no antibiotics? Because those claims are registered. Those claims are, um, are managed by the USDA, the FSI, Food Safety Inspection Service, just like grading is and all of those important. Those, those are, are uh, policed, I like to say. Now, for those that don't know, and by the way, we're talking Will Homer from uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, for the people that don't know, what's the process uh, a newborn cattle goes through before being brought up for uh, uh, slaughter, I guess is a good word, or their right. end of life? Well, that's the, <laughs> yep, the harvest is the new harvest, word we okay. use in the industry. But, you know, as a cowboy, and I'm sitting here wearing my cowboy hat and my cowboy boots, and, and that's part, we always, we never like to think about it as a cowboy, but that's the ultimate goal. We all want to eat a hamburger, and we enjoy, we enjoy steaks, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, our cattle are all beef cattle. We don't use any dairy cattle. So calves are born alongside their mother, and they stay there for 9 to 12 months, depending on however uh, the producer uh, operates. We use about 100 different producers' cattle in our program, a kind of a co-op, so to speak. And anyway, that calf raised on that cow and brought up and weaned. And then once he gained, he's about six, 700 pounds, he is, uh, left out there on the pastures to grow, eat the grass. You know, a cow is really a, a farm tractor for ground. The tractor can't get on. They harvest the grass that the sun and the ground grow. And so the calf, then once he grows to about 800, 850 pounds, then it's time to, uh, put him through a finish process. And we do use a, uh, ration that includes some corn and some alfalfa hay and some a uh, little bit of moisture in there to keep pneumonia down and and it uh, it's all designed for their be- best health interest. You know we don't ha- allow antibiotics, like I've said, so you can't do anything wrong. You get you you treat an animal badly, it's going to get sick just like you treat a human badly, and you can't do that. You got to treat them good and feed them good, and and you give them all the best of everything, and so. We do finish cattle for that process, and that's what gives us our nice choice grade and our and our uh, nice flavor, and that's what drives that demand across the country. So, what's the what's the finishing move on the on the cattle these days? How do you how do you take yeah. one out? Oh, <laughs> uh, they um, it's called uh, it's called knocking them in the head. Oh, it okay. basically renders them brain dead instantly. There's a USDA inspector on site to make sure that happens. If that doesn't happen, they stop the whole production to make sure that that, that there's no uh, incidences out there that, you know, you want that animal dead instantly. You don't want any uh, thrashing around. You don't want any follow-through. There you go. Um, sorry to ask that question, but I'm sure everybody was kind of wondering what, what's going on these days. Everybody asks it. <laughs> all, all, the, all the lame uh, interviews always ask that question, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef talking to us. So, I mean, if they're at 800, 900 pounds when they're uh, brought to harvest, how much are you actually extracting out of the carcass once you're done butchering it? What's the, what's the poundage on that? They're, they're actually 1,200. They're 800 when they go on feed, and they're 1,200 when they come out of harvest. Okay. I should, or come to harvest, I should explain that. And then when you harvest an animal, you only get uh, like 30-some-odd percent of beef. So wow. out of 1,250 pounds, you get 300, 400 pounds of red meat that goes into the beef industry. 
To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Almost every month now, as you come in, you share these great succulent recipes, and of course, people are always pounding in, asking how they can get their hands on some. So why not uh, go ahead and start off like we normally do with the uh, appetizer, and then of course, we have a main, uh, main entree. And, or I guess that was kind of redundant, an entree, and then we have a side dish, and then the uh, dessert as well. We always start with the appetizer. So what's on tap for tonight? Well, Greg, tonight we have the hot crab dip, and this is uh, an appetizer that has just all great ingredients for a dip. There's uh, crab to begin with, uh, which is my personal favorite. Anything with seafood is fabulous. And uh, it's fresh crab. Uh, You can use the uh, canned crab if you want to, but I feel the fresh is really better. Uh, And to that crab, we're adding grated pepper jack cheese, Mm. mayonnaise, which, you know, you can't have a dip without mayonnaise, Uh, Parmesan cheese, onion, garlic, Worcestershire sauce, fresh lemon juice, hot pepper sauce, and I use a teaspoon in my recipe, but, you know, you can add more or less to taste, however you, you like it. Do you have a brand of hot pepper sauce that you're recommending? I use, um, yes, Frank's. Frank's Red Hot. Pepper sauce. Yep. Yes. Always have used Frank's. All right. And uh, then some uh, dry mustard, and you're just going to mix that all together. Put it in a casserole dish, pop it in the oven, uh, bake it for about 40 minutes until it's hot and bubbly, and uh, serve it with, you know, whatever you like, chips, crackers, toast points, if you will. And uh, it's a wonderful appetizer. Now, going back to the lemon juice, can you use the lemon juice that's out of that plasticky-looking lemon-type thing, or no way? Well, you know, you can use it if you don't have fresh lemon juice, but, you know, fresh lemon juice has just that extra crispness to it. You know, fresh is better. But, you know, if you don't have fresh, you know, that little plastic deal is uh, that works too. All right, so it's a hot crab dip. Uh, you saying Frank's Red Hot works for you, so uh, if you were looking yes. for a name brand you needed to buy, go ahead and use that one. And we move from the appetizer over to the entree, marinated skirt steak. One of my uh, all-time favorite cuts is the skirt steak. The girls love the skirt steak. So tell us about this uh, wonderful-sounding entree. Well, Greg, uh, this might be a perfect time, as uh, Homer was talking about, is Painted Hills natural beef. You might want to give that a try right there. Um, But I'm with you. Skirt steak, to me, is just always tender and flavorful, and uh, you really can't beat that cut of meat. Inexpensive, too, compared to some other cuts. Yeah, you know, and I used to get it at BJ's all the time, and I haven't found it there anymore. How about you? Yes, I find it there, absolutely. Huh. I mean, we used to get it there all the time, and uh, it's kind of dried up. I don't know. It's outrageous. I'll write a letter. Don't worry about it, Mommy. Well, thank you, honey. Um, and you're going to take the the uh, skirt steak and put it in a Ziploc bag and add the marinade to that. And the marinade I make right in a blender. And it's a combination of olive oil, soy sauce, scallions, garlic, red pepper flakes, cumin, and brown sugar. 
and uh, I just whiz it up in the blender until it's all, you know, nice nicely combined, pour it in the Ziploc bag. You're going to want to marinate that uh, skirt steak for at least an hour up to 24 hours. And then um, you're going to grill it on high, maybe two to three minutes on each side. Uh, you know, it's thin. It really doesn't take any time to cook. Right, right. And uh, you want to want to let that rest for about five minutes before you slice it. And uh, with your skirt steak, you're always going to want to slice that across the grain. Right. Always remember, slice against the grain with the skirt steak. Also uh, with the, uh, what's the other steak that I'm thinking of? Skirt steak and flank steak as well. Flank steak. Right. Yep. Now, a yep. uh, question about, you know, I've always wondered, you always see when you're marinating something an hour at least an hour or 24 i mean it's a substantial gap between one hour and 24 hours if math serves me right one 20 it's like a 500 hour difference so have you seen uh have you done it for 24 hours have you done it for like one hour and then five hours and is there a dramatic profile difference added to the meat if you let it go that much longer I think for 24 hours, it really does make a difference. Um, one hour versus five hours, probably not so much. You know, an hour is at least going to give that meat some extra flavor. But I think, it. you know, the longer you can leave it in there, the better. But, you know, if you're hungry and you can't wait, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. We all know uh, the patience of the Centralites, no names please, runs at a very, very low <laughs> premium. All right, so there's the entree, and then you got to have a great side to go with it, and you have shake and bake potato wedges. Is that like shake and bake and I helped? That is it. <laughs> uh, we found this recipe in a magazine and thought... That sounds awesome and made it the first time and it was better than we even imagined. Wow. And it's so easy, but that shake and bake just adds such a flavor. Um, you use like um, the I big Idaho baking potatoes right. and you can get two servings out of a potato. So, you know, this recipe calls for four servings. So it's just two large uh, baking potatoes, which you cut into eight wedges. And uh, you drizzle olive oil over the wedges so you can uh, have the, uh, the shake and bake sticks to it. Right. You just roll those uh, wedges in the, uh, the crumb mixture, and then you're going to want to put it on a uh, cookie sheet that's lined with the nonstick foil, uh -huh. which is one of the best inventions it's ever. Great. It's absolutely great. I never um, don't have it in the house. It's just fabulous. And you're going to put that on the, the foil in a single layer, uh, drizzle with a little more olive oil, bake it in the oven for about 30 to 40 minutes, turning them once uh, during that time. And so they're all nice and browned. And uh, it's awesome. The flavor from the coating is amazing. You're, you will love them. Hmm. They're great. Absolutely. Give that a try. I'm sure the uh, starch eaters in the family would certainly appreciate it as well. So you have the marinated skirt steak and the shake and bake potato wedges as the entree slash side. We started with the hot crab dip. Now we're going to finish it up with the big dessert, the Rocky Road no-bake cheesecake. Love the rhyme. <laughs> well, the rhyme is great. But the taste is even better. Oh yeah! It's just a, it's a great summer dessert. You know, it's cool and and delicious and uh, easy to put together. Uh, you're just going. It starts with uh, three squares of semi-sweet baking chocolate, and you're going to take just one of those squares, pop it into a microwave bowl, 
nuke it for about one minute, stirring it until it's completely melted. Then in another bowl, you're going to um, beat the uh, cream cheese, the sugar, and the milk until it's well blended. To that, you're going to add your melted chocolate. Then you're going to fold in uh, Cool Whip topping, Mm. miniature marshmallows, chopped uh, peanuts, and the other two squares of the semi-sweet chocolate that you're chopped up, fold it all together. You're going to put it into an Oreo pie crust that you bought from the store. Uh-huh. And why would you try to make your own when you can just buy it? It's so convenient. It says Oreo on um, it, for crying out loud. <laughs> really? Put that in the pie crust, pop it in the refrigerator for four hours until it's set, and you've got a great dessert. And if you want to... You could then put some hot fudge over the top of that. Mm. You know, who would ever want to do that? Who wouldn't like that? Oh my goodness! <laughs> sounds it's decadent. delicious. That's right. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. That's the Rocky Road no bake cheesecake, and then we had the shake and bake potato wedges for the side dish alongside the entree, which was marinated skirt steak. And we started with the hot crab dip. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't get any better than that. Some tasty sounding recipes there from uh, Connie Rempe. And uh, I enjoy the conversation with Will Homer from Painted Hills. I'm just kind of interested in the whole cattle raising thing, obviously. Hog production, cattle production, chicken production. I guess it's kind of what we're into, right? If you want to hear the rest of this, head on over to thebbqcentralshow.com. Go to the older archives. Once you're there, scroll down till you find July 13th, 2010. While you're there, be sure you subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show. Never miss an episode of that show or this show again via podcast. Thanks so much for checking it out. I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.